Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. So a couple of weeks ago, um, in an intro that Emmy did in which she was extremely tired and not feeling well, she she let everyone know um, that she had COVID and was experiencing it and was 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 brought down a little bit by it. Um, and Emmy, somehow, some way, you managed to get sick again possibly with covid again yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so i uh i had covid and then i also had strep and then by the time i was like yay i'm finally healthy again uh, we had this big dust cloud roll in last week and then it gave me really bad allergies. At least I thought they were allergies, but now I've lost all sense of taste and smell again. Well, not again. I didn't lose it the first time, but I've lost all sense of taste and smell. So it's entirely possible that I have COVID again, or <laughs> my COVID is relapsing because apparently that happens. Or I have one of the new strains. The amazing part is I basically just sit in my room and I only go out <laughs> to go to the store. Oh my god. I mean, what year is it? It's 2021. <laughs> and we are reading Breaking Dawn. My name is Sarah. I'm, I'm COVID. <laughs> And that, as I have previously stated, is Emmy. I absolutely <clears throat> am floored by the fact that you somehow have COVID again, maybe. You're getting tested tomorrow. No, later today. Later today you are getting tested I, again. I just want to not be sick anymore because I have <laughs> lived almost the entirety of this year so far in some kind of of sickness <laughs> i can only sympathize because i have pretty constant allergies like all the time but they have been pretty bad lately i've been waking up with a lot of headaches lots of congestion which i don't know if and if any of you realize this but if you're really congested in the morning and then immediately go to work with two masks on your own breath kind of becomes like a tiny humidifier blowing hot steam up into your nose that suddenly dislodges and then starts running down your face. And is that how you ended up with a booger gas mask? <laughs> no, I have managed to wipe wipe the snot every time it happens. But when I like realized that that was happening, because every morning I was getting like a random super runny nose, like all of a sudden. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. It's literally just my congestion being suddenly and violently dislodged via high humidity from the inside of my two masks. So. Ooh, you should just eat a bunch of mints and then you can be like, you can like Vicks Vapo Rub humidify <laughs> your own mask. <laughs> I mean, I do brush my teeth in the morning, so it is minty fresh in there. But oh, yeah, it's but like 
Imagine the power <laughs> of just like six Altoids in your mouth. <laughs> that would definitely, um, definitely accomplish something. I'm not sure if it would be what I want to accomplish. Um, I think I would just pass out from the cold on the inside of my own mask. Look. If we always accomplished the things that we wanted to accomplish, we wouldn't be here right now. Um, before we get into <laughs> the chapters, um, the intro for last week, when I cut it down and I cut out the 15 minutes of us just talking about iTunes being absolutely terrible, <laughs> I listened to that whole section where we start talking about it and I'm like, I don't use the iTunes website because it's basically broken. And then it immediately cuts into you being like, we have to cut all of this out. I laughed really hard when I was listening to it. it like I was literally just like, they're never going to know. They're never going to know the boring shit that we cut out of this episode. And they're always going to wonder what the fuck it was. And every week we're going to talk about it again. Yes. So you don't, just so you remember that we cut it and you still don't know what exactly was said in that 15 minutes. It's, it's very simple. We talked a lot about how the iTunes podcast, like, back-end website is absolutely broken. Um, I went and looked at our RSS numbers, which were crazy, by the way. Over the past few months, we have gained, like, hundreds of new listeners, and, like, we had over 200 downloads in December alone, and that's on RSS. Yeah, from RSS specifically, which is the weird part. Yeah, like, we, I was, like, shocked that people were listening to it there because I didn't think anybody did, but apparently, um, yeah. Well, you know what it probably, because I use RSS for my podcasts that I, well, it's only one at this point that I have on Patreon because I can't afford all my others anymore. Um, <laughs> but I, you can input the RSS link onto a lot of podcast apps to link like uh, special feeds if you pay for them or something. Yeah. So what it probably is is people that use specific apps that aren't Spotify or Apple okay. taking the RSS link and adding it to their app, which I mean is still more listeners. It's yeah. But that might be why. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Um, but it like blew me away because previously I don't check the analytics on RSS very often. Obviously. Previously, we'd been getting maybe like 10 downloads a month on RSS. And then all of a sudden I looked at it the other day and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> what? We had over 200. Actually, I think it was over 200 in January. It was 150 in December and like 70 in November. And I was like, that's like, we're steadily climbing. Like it's. <laughs> we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Exponential growth. <laughs> but anyway, um, all that is to say. Thank you for listening. If you are here from RSS or if you have done what Emmy has suggested and plugged the RSS link into a third party app, uh, welcome. I'm happy you're here. I hope you stay. Um, Australia, keep rocking. Australia, keep fucking rocking. I have no idea how many people are listening in Australia because, again, the iTunes thing is completely broken. So I have no way of knowing how many people are listening at any given time. But I appreciate you and I'm glad you're here. I do know that Australia is like, I guess, one of the top four countries in terms of demographics for like podcast listening, which makes it 
more impressive than yeah. I realized. Huh. It's like here, Australia, the UK, and another country. It would be really nice if I could get the actual numbers on that, wouldn't it? It would. Be great. <laughs> but unfortunately, I cannot. Uh, but anyway, um, why don't we start talking about the actual chapters that we read? Which oh, oh we, are we going to talk about the book? I was screaming reading these chapters. I was reading them early this morning. A little bit last night, but mostly early this morning. You can see, you probably saw my, like, all caps just, like, screaming notes that I left in the document. <laughs> so this, let's let's begin let's begin this is this is the beginning of book two uh which is like eight chapter eight or nine chapters all from the perspective of actually it's 10 it's 11 it's 11 total chapters all from the perspective of of our dog boy jacob um and in the preface uh, book two is from Jacob's perspective. Yay. Anyway, he <laughs> gives us some time-honored wisdom in the form of a reference to the 1988 Cerebral Fix album, Life Sucks and Then You Die. Who knew Jake was such a big fan of British thrash metal? I I was really confused because I was going back and trying to find the preface. And I'm like, okay, here's the start of the preface. Where's the preface? <laughs> It took me a couple turning of the pages to realize that the preface was literally that line. Yeah, <laughs> it it's was just, just that one line. It's just life sucks and then you die. My only note on that was um, this is definitely my most quoted line from this series, um, followed closely by death is peaceful and easy. Life is harder. Uh, I'm thoroughly embarrassed at how much I quoted the life sucks and then you die line. When I was like 13 or 14. I wasn't. I mean, obviously this isn't originally where it's from. Obviously. But I trust that this is why, like, this is where it got popular. Mm-hmm. At least amongst uh, our again. demographic. And I had no idea that's where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> that this is where it came from. I'm just, yeah. I, was just, I read it and I was like, what? <laughs> it's just Jacob Black saying life sucks and then you die. As though he didn't create all of his own problems. <laughs> I mean, like, I understand. I shot myself in the foot. <laughs> Why does my foot hurt so much? Why is life so terrible when you have a rifle pointed at your own big toe? But that's the whole preface. It's just that one. That yeah, one you must have had line. a real hard time writing the summer. I really did. I was like, I don't, I feel bad. Because, like, I usually run by the, um... The methodology of if I make the notes document, then I just kind of go with like whatever's first. Or if it's like last time, if I, cause I almost always make the new copy cause I usually do it the night before, whereas you do it the morning of. Um, and so it'll be like, well, I'll usually go with whatever's first if we have an equal amount of things, which at this time, technically we did, except for the preface is super short. <laughs> But if we have an unequal number of things, then I'll usually try to trade off and make it so that like, oh, I'll do three this week and then I'll do two next week or whatever. But this time I was like, I feel bad after I already was like, I'll do the preface. You do the editing. So, I mean, like. That's also true. But, you know, it's okay. 
I'll do more next time. We have actually six chapters for next week, so we're each going to do three anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Oh, Dad. <laughs> anyway, chapter nine. Uh, chapter so eight, Jake, I should say. Jacob is irritated by Paul, per usual. Uh, but it's this time it's because Paul is in his house eating his Doritos and using his crappy TV. <laughs> crappy. It's crappy. Need to point that out. Yeah, it's a crappy TV. They made note of it. Uh-huh. Uh, so Jake breaks his nose and takes his Doritos back and honestly, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't fucking touch my Doritos, bitch. <laughs> I will break a bitch's nose over my Doritos. No, I won't. But like, Doritos are serious business, okay? Um, don't touch my Doritos. I would never have touched any of your food when we were living together. I'm not telling you that. Okay. Specifically. Okay. Just anyone. Shouldn't. Okay, you lived with me. You know how I am about I, my food. Yeah. I'm very... Well, it's because you're people... a picky eater, so, like... Yeah. I'll, like, I'll I'll give people food, but they have to ask for it. If you just, like, take my food, I get really pissed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Paul just lets him go. Uh, and you might be thinking, that's that's not very Paul to just let jacob break his nose you're right uh but now he's less angsty because he's imprinted with jacob's big sister rachel uh and since paul's not gonna leave his house jake decides to just go down to the beach where he finds quill playing with claire the three-year-old who he has imprinted on and spends a lot of time uh mentally gushing over how devoted he is to this toddler um and how he's not even interested in pursuing any kind of romance with anyone else while he waits for his grooming target to grow up. And can I just say that, like, if the truth was that imprinting doesn't have to be romantic, then it shouldn't keep him from being with other people that are his age. But it does. (laughs) Therefore, it has to be romantic. Anyway, continue. Um, The pack is called and informed about Bella being sick. Uh, Jake gets big mad and says he's running away again, uh, but really he just wants to commit a bit of genocide. Vampire genocide. Hmm. Um, <laughs> this chapter, despite how not a lot happened, uh, managed to be the most problematic chapter I've read in one of these books in a while. I think it might um, be the worst outside of the sexual assault scene. Yeah. But I think it, what makes this one worse is because everybody acts like everything is normal. I, I broke this down into sub points <laughs> of, this, of, the, of the reasons this scene is problematic. Uh, first of all, Paul calmed down because he had a la- lady to tame his wild side. Oh, good. Using the old trope of a man just needs a woman to get his emotions under control. Cool. Uh, Other part of the problem with that is said lady is Jake's sister. Uh, Yeah. And the main and really the only personality trait Paul has had in this series is the fact that he's an angry dude that hits stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you've just paired angry dude that hits stuff 
with one of your protagonists, quote unquote, uh, sisters. Yeah. Um, Literally, like one of the <laughs> f- the first time you ever physically meet Paul in the series was when he tried to kill Bella for no reason. Yeah. That's his personality trait. That's all there is to Paul. And we already know that the werewolves are quote unquote prone to like lashing out and hurting the people that they care about, even the people they've imprinted on, which makes it even more disgusting that whoever are the parents of Claire are just like letting Quill. Can you imagine if Claire just like does something shitty like a three-year-old does? Like, I've been so mad at three-year-olds. I've n- I've never wanted to hurt a three-year-old. I mean, like, maybe I... I, I mean, maybe <laughs> I want to hurt the three-year-old. But I've never been so, like... I've never desired to hurt a three-year-old so much that I've ever actually been close to doing it. But, like... I can only imagine if I had unbridled rage boiling beneath the surface every single time I got mad. There are three-year-olds who will straight up punch you in the face and then start crying because their hand hurts. So, like, what? Why would you just, like, I... I know we got super mad at Edward at the beginning of the clips for, like, not wanting to leave Bella alone with Jacob because she wasn't going to get hurt. But that's because Bella's, like, an adult and can make her own choices. We're we're just leaving a three-year-old alone with a 16-year-old who is in love with her? Yeah. My stomach was hurting the whole time I read this. Mm. And Jake's like, oh, he's more devoted to her than a parent is with their child. And I'm like, ew. Ew. That's just concerning. And he's unwilling to pursue romance like we already talked about. And that's just more Like, every step of the way, she's trying to normalize this situation that she's set up. But it's not normal. It's just fucking weird. And every attempt by her to try and make it okay just makes it seem weirder. Also, his Quill said when Jake asks about him seeing other women, Quill says he doesn't see women's faces anymore. And Jake's like, oh yeah, neither do I. They're, they're people. <laughs> guys. Guys, they're people. They're human <laughs> beings. Not just fuck objects. <laughs> it is really disgusting. At least when Jake is like, I don't see other women's faces anymore. It's because he's in love with like an adult woman. Well, an adult woman who is like his, almost his same age, you know? Like, he's in love with someone, and he's devoted to her, and she is also admittedly in love with him, and it happened because of friendship and, like, camaraderie, not because of, like, magic werewolf voodoo, and it's just, like, I I can't, I can't, like, and the thing is, like, all of this, of course, is setting up the fact that Jake is going to imprint on the infant Renesme, like, the moment she exits Bella's vagina, but it's not helping. It's not helping. And like they've been setting it up since the previous book. Because they 
like introduce the fact that Quill was in love with a baby in the previous book. This none of it is good. It is all pedophilia. It is really disgusting. And in fact, I'm probably going to put a trigger warning on the beginning of this ep- like at the in the description of this episode because this it's like, really gross. It's really disgusting. This is like when I watch anime and they put in unnecessary gross fan service scenes and I'm like, "Ew." why except that even the anime most of the time seems to have seems to have the self-awareness that what they're doing is gross yeah but it's what their audience wants mm-hmm. uh whereas this does not seem to have that self-awareness well it's also the fact that i i'm not going to say all the time in anime and i'm not going to try to excuse like grotesque fan service in anime but most of the time in anime, at least, they have the wherewithal to have the woman who they're, like, exploiting be, like, an adult. And be angry. And be angry about it. It's not like, oh, there's an old man in love with this child and she's happy about it. God. The fuck? It's really disgusting. Okay, chapter nine. Chapter nine. Jacob arrives at the Cullen house to find that Bella is not a vampire, but is indeed very sick. She reveals to him that she is pregnant, and he surmises that the baby is sapping all her energy in order to survive. Edward takes him outside. (laughs) (laughs) Edward takes him outside and asks him to make a baby with his wife since the baby would not kill her. And Jacob kind of wants to, but is also kind of disgusted. Uh, Jacob agrees to ask her, but he doesn't think she'll be into it correctly. Um, Edward tells Jake to kill him if Bella dies giving birth to the baby, which is the most (laughs) Edward Cullen thing he could have possibly said. (laughs) My only note on this was a keyboard smash. Emmy, I have a question for you. Yeah. Is Edward Cullen a cuck? Ed's a fucking cuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I was this, like, it, I'm really glad this chapter came immediately after the previous one, because the previous one was super disgusting and awful, and this one was fucking hilarious. It's still disgusting. It is still it's just really disgusting. A different kind of disgusting. This one is more of an outlandish, like holy shit! I can't believe they're saying this. Disgusting. And it's not dis- for anyone who might be polyamorous in in our in our fan base. It's not disgusting because of of the multiple and people involved. It's because of the situation in which. <laughs> are involved they're in this literally like okay we need to abort this child because it's gonna kill bella and bella is so brainwashed by the fucking beast growing inside of her that she's like no <clears throat> and so uh edward is just now like listen will you fuck my wife will you fuck my wife oh you want you want me to have a baby with your wife mm. puppies mostly i just want you to fuck my wife Wait, so, like, to make a baby. That might happen. That might happen along the way, yeah, but mostly I just really want you to fuck my I wife. just want my babies to have those great tribe benefits, you know? <laughs> what great tribe benefits? Oppression? <laughs> 
Sorry, I simply must take a photo because I tweeted a photo of Lucy the other week while she was like laying on my keyboard. But right now she's just laying very peacefully on the table. She's waiting for me to finish. Just like I mean, Edward is waiting for Jacob to finish sure. inside of his wife. So you should always make sure that your partner finishes. Should always make for make. We should always make for make sure that your partner finishes. Unless they can. This is our relationship case, advice for this week. Just ensure that they had a good time. <laughs> okay, that was chapter nine. <laughs> chapter ten. Um, nothing happened in the first half. Like, stuff happened, but, like, nothing to summarize actually happened. Jake just went in and had the conversation with Bella. And Bella was like, no. <laughs> no, you're stupid. He's stupid. You're both kind of stupid. I mean, he knew have... that she was going to say no yeah. the whole time. He was so like, she's like, not going to do it. There, there was no tension here. But he just... still got his feelings hurt about it. Like, he was still like, you mean you're not going to fuck me because your husband said so? Damn it, this is not what I was told Mormonism was all about. (laughs) No, he has it confused. It's polygamy, not polyandry. (laughs) I told you about the destroying angel thing, right? Oh my god. So, like, like in the first book... I think it was the first book. It might have been New Moon, but Bella at it some point. It was the first point, book. Yeah, at it some was, point. It, it was the scene in the hospital after the van accident. Okay. <laughs> in the hallway where she was arguing with Ed. Do not ask me why I remember this, but I do. <laughs> so Bella refers to Edward as a destroying angel. And we were so stuck on that. We were like, why the fuck did she say that? That is so weird. Guess what, bitch? That's a fucking Mormon thing. Like, I was listening to the last podcast in the Left series on Mormonism and whether or not you like it or not is beside the point. They did a lot of research and they got a lot of facts. And one of them was about these, like, I could probably get this wrong, but these ceremonial robes that they have to wear during their super secret Freemason rituals. And it's like they protect themselves from destroying angels. And that is a direct quote from... Joseph Smith. Not from Joseph Smith. I think it was Brigham Young or some one of those people. But yeah. Oh my God. I was losing my shit. I'm like stocking shelves at work listening to this podcast. And I was like, did he just fucking say destroying angel? Destroying angel. Like that thing that Bella said that one time that we were like, that's so weird. Why did she say that? It's a Mormon thing. Every time you, you wonder, why why is that a thing in Mormonism? Just remember... The religion was founded by a dude who lied to people about being able to divine where gold was and other precious metals in the ground and trick them into paying him to lead them to it. And he was a grave robber. (laughs) And uh, he stole his wife from, from her dad. And then later, he, like, one of his, like, revelations about banning, like, tobacco and stuff was all because his wife was like, I don't like that your your dude bros spit tobacco all over the floor of our house. So, and then so later he was like, oh, God told me that we're not allowed to have tobacco anymore. Also, polygamy was because he just wanted to, he just kept finding preteen girls he wanted to fuck. Hey, the youngest was... 15. So they were not preteens. 
The youngest recorded oh, one was 15. Oh. His wife was younger when, before, mm-hmm. when he was initially interested. Yeah. Oh, God, that's disgusting. Anyway, this is not the Mormonism podcast. Uh, I, I have in, I have too much knowledge on Mormonism. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so Jay goes in and talks to her about it and everything. And she's just like, no, you big dumb idiot. And uh, she's convinced that it's all going to work out fine. And I, two things here. Both good notes, but not in the way they should be. Uh, Number one, Bella, the descriptions of Bella in this scene by Smyre are really fucked up. She did a really good job of making Bella seem like this baby was just eating her alive. Yeah. I'll give her that. Um, She also, by seeing Bella through Jake's eyes and him being the narrator, um, she finally seems like the character she was always meant to be. The pr- I think the problem is that Smyre literally can't write from the perspective of the character that she wanted Bella to be. Yeah. Because you... Bella's really sweet and like... Mm-hmm. I think someone pointed this out in a TikTok because half of my TikTok feed is just Twilight content at this point. That Bella is an unreliable narrator. And you get that a lot when you read Midnight Sun because there was this really big part of the fandom for a long time that really hated Bella in terms of her relationship with Edward. And they were like, well, she never does anything nice for him and all this stuff. She never does anything nice for anyone and blah, blah, blah. But what you get from reading Midnight Sun is all of these little like insights into the things that Bella does for other people. And you can see how sweet and loving she is towards other people. But you don't get that when you're reading it from her perspective because she doesn't find herself to be at all interesting. And that's why she only ever talks about Edward. And that is fine, except we had to read three whole books purely from her perspective. So we don't get this insight into her being unreliable. We just know that she's annoying and boring for three books until we get to this point. And everyone's like, you're mature and you're so uh you're such an old soul blah, blah. and i finally see it in this scene when she's like the way because like jake's talking about her like putting her hand on his cheek and like the words she's saying while she's like touching him like that and everything it, it's very much like the wise priestess or something like kind yeah of image but that's not at all what happens when you're inside her head. <laughs> yeah, she's so deeply entrenched in what everybody else is doing and how fascinating, how fascinating, how fascinating she finds everybody else to be that you never get any like evidence to show the things that other people say about her are true. Like the fact that she's smart and she's mature and she's sweet and stuff like that. And that's fine. If we had other perspectives from other characters earlier in the series. I was say, it's the fact that it took until book four to have that revealed. (laughs) I want, like, a mashup of Twilight and Midnight Sun, where it's like you have, like, alternating chapters. Because I'm pretty sure Midnight Sun, each chapter specifically lines up with a chapter from Twilight. 
So, like, mm. if you read, like, chapter one of Twilight and then chapter two of Midnight Sun and then... Ch- I just want... I want to have that perspective earlier in the series. I don't want to have to sit through three books of being like, Bella, you are nothing. You have no personality. Only to find out now that she's actually interesting. And then you can have Rising Moon, Twilight from Jacob's perspective. Yeah. And... You can intersplice those chapters, too. I don't think we want Twilight from Jacob's perspective, because he was only in, like, one chapter. Two chapters. I guess we gotta fix it. (laughs) Guess we gotta fix it. Second half of chapter 10. Absolutely. So, Jake returns to the pack, and now they want to kill Bella. Um, Except Seth. Seth and Jake are both like, what if we don't murder the Cullens now? And Sam's like, nah, we're killing the Cullens now. I know I said we weren't going to kill the Cullens, but, like, we're killing the Cullens. Uh-huh. Uh, Because he's laying down the alpha law. And uh, my note here is alpha, 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 alpha. One more time. That was this alpha. That, that was this chapter. Okay. Alpha. So okay, stupid. But this doesn't make any sense. This is n- clearly the wrong call to make on mm-hmm. Sam's part. And it does not line up at all with Sam's previous judgment calls. Mm-hmm. Um, I am once again asking you, Smire, to stop manufacturing tension. I have a similar note after my description of chapter 11 which I'll wait to give until after I talk about that because there's more insight. Well, not really insight. There's never any insight. <laughs> there's never insight in this book. Um, it's just... it, it is really stupid. It doesn't fit with Sam's character at all. No, because there he's just like, we. it's growing fast and it's killing her. It could endanger all the humans. Okay. It, um, the, uh, the Collins would f- stop it. Yeah, I'm like, like what? number one, based on what? Number two, we know that the only reason that it hasn't been ousted already by the Cullens is because two of them are opposed to aborting it mm-hmm. uh, on Bella's side. And if it killed her and then turned out to be a vicious monster... Odds are the Cullens are going to be on your side and they're going to help you, which means launching an all-out attack on them that is going to get some of your people killed, probably. All all of them. I have no doubt in my mind that the Cullens would absolutely destroy the werewolves. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Edward can read their thoughts. They don't have Alice's advantage, which kind of sucks, but Alice is... Alice, Edward... Alice and Edward are faster than any of them. Uh, Jasper is a better fighter. Edward is bigger and stronger. Um, two of them are still, like, 13 years old. Yeah, Jake was, like, going through the analysis of the breakdown, like, the divvying up of the roles, and he was like, Alice isn't a threat without her uh, ability to see I'm like, what the fuck are you talking- Like, in- even, like, in the movie, yeah, we saw how, like, well she worked, but even in the- book the way she was described fighting she was 
fucking lethal. Yes. And everyone talks about how dangerous she is all the time. And they saw her fight. It's because she's the smallest. And Edward is technically the fastest. But she's, like, right behind him, right? So yeah, like she's, she's really small, really fast, really nimble. Yeah, she looks terrifying as well because she's, like, tiny and cute. And when something is tiny and cute and is really fiercely strong, it that's awful. That is terrifying. But... Um, not to mention that, and hot, but not to mention (laughs) that even though Sam can order them to like go along with this attack, I don't believe that he, that his orders would make them like physically have to fight as hard as they could. Like, no, that's actually what I was thinking. Like, so like, you know, that Seth and Jake wouldn't like go full force because they don't want to. And then Leah is going to be so distracted trying to protect her little brother. As we see happens later in this section, it literally wouldn't work. Like the only two, the only two members of this pack that would really stand a chance would be Sam and Jake. The others would like kind of have a way of going about it, but like not against the Cullens. Like, and and that's the thing is like, I don't want to just be like a Cullen supremacist or anything, but like, they have it on lock. <laughs> the, they have the advantage. Uh, I don't want to say they're smart because they continuously are written to be stupid, but also really intelligent. Yes. Which is hard. But they, they are very tactical. Mm-hmm. They have multiple people in their family that are just built for combat. Yeah roles and multiple powers that are beneficial for combat on top of the fact that they don't have the bloodlust thing that a lot of other vampires have going for them i think what the pack fails to take into consideration is that the cullens are a force that are scaring the vulturi which obviously the pack doesn't really have a lot of context for who the vulturi are but they know that the cullens are like fearful of the vulturi, which is why they had to send them away at the end of Eclipse. But if the Cullens are so big and dangerous that the vulturi are worried about them to the point that they might try to take them out, I don't know. And of course the Cullen, like the the pack really only has the context of what happened at the end of Eclipse. So they might just be like, ooh, the vulturi, like, but still also, not to like go too far in depth into what would happen if this did go down. If for some reason the pack managed to take out the Cullens, the Vulturi would be on them. Like flies on a garbage can. I don't know. They would come and they would destroy the pack. There's no way. Wiping out an entire, like the Vulturi aren't crazy about the Cullens being there, but I'm pretty sure if, a non-vampire source came out and wiped out an entire prominent coven, mm-hmm. they would be like, oh no. No, you cannot <laughs> exist anymore. And then they would all be dead. Because... because they would say, oh, well, that's a threat to us next. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, this is a really stupid plan. Long story short, this is really stupid. And the fact that they're even considering it is just heinous. Um, chapter 11... While Sam divvies up Cullen killing duties, which was just so weird to read, um, Jake and Seth really don't want to do it. Jacob decides to become the alpha he was always supposed to be and breaks away from Sam's pack, running back to the Cullen's place with Seth. 
They can hear each other's thoughts, but can no longer hear the rest of the pack's thoughts because there are now two alphas essentially splitting the pack in two. When they arrive at the Cullen house, Jacob sees that Bella's condition has obviously worsened. And my my note at the end of this was, I just do not see this as something that Sam would do. Up until now, he's been really mature about the entire vampire situation. Like, he's been a bit distrustful. But, like, by the end of Eclipse, he was like, y'all are okay. Um, especially because Dr. He, he literally was like that two chapters ago. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In this he called, book, he was like, he, no, we can't just attack them for no reason. He called them allies. Mm-hmm. Um... Him just deciding to kill the baby and Bella does not make sense to me. Like, it calls li- her a necessary sacrifice. And that's the thing is, like, that cannot be his perspective. Like, he, he, he's, he literally in New Moon when Bella was hanging out with the Wolfers all the time. And even in Eclipse, when she was, like, spending all of her time down on La Push to keep her safe he was like all for it he was like yeah we'll protect bella like he has to have some kinship with her she spent so much time with them and they have no idea what the baby is like him just going off on a limb and saying first of all he said we cannot attack the cullens with if there is no evidence right and now with no evidence that this baby is going to become a vicious monster he's like we gotta kill it it could just be a baby which it is it's almost like babies, normal babies, wreak havoc on their mother's bodies. Mm-hmm. And this is not a normal baby. Yeah. And so you should be assuming it's going to wreak havoc on its mother's body even worse. And the thing is, what we find out is that she's, Bella is unable to keep anything down because the baby like does not is not responding to normal food or anything. It's like sapping the life out of her because she's not being, she's not getting any nutrients from anything at all. Yeah. It's not the baby. Which would happen to a normal woman if yeah. she was it's pregnant. Just accelerated. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is like the, uh, this actually does happen to women who they get pregnant and then suddenly they cannot stomach like any foods. Because of their just like their heightened senses or anything. They cannot keep anything down. And they often have to be put on IVs throughout their pregnancies. And like that's that's a thing that happens. It's just you're seeing this happen really fast because that's how the, the vampire pregnancy is working. You're just being an idiot. Stupid. Who don't know how <laughs> babies work. But anyway. Chapter 12. Yes. Um, so Leah shows up and is like, yo, I'm joining your pack, Jake. And Jake's like, nah, girl, no, you ain't. And she's like, uh, yeah, but I am. You got my brother here. Mm-hmm. And then they, they fight for a while. Um, and, and, and then she, she's allowed to stay and she goes on patrol with, with Seth. I honestly and don't know why they fought so much. It, it was a very lengthy argument and it didn't need to be, um, so Jake goes to talk to Carlisle, uh, and he explains the issue with Bella getting not being able to get nutrients. Um, her body won't absorb anything, which is leading to both her and the baby dying. Um, but then Ed hears Jake thinking about blood during this conversation and thinks that might be the solution. So Bella agrees to drink blood.
Yes. I expected the blood thing to happen. <laughs> okay? I expected the baby would need blood. I'm not upset. Why did none of them <laughs> realize that this baby that is part vampire may want some blood? And that might be the nutrient that is lacking. This is just like in Eclipse when they were like, oh yeah, why don't we work together? Like, no shit. Or when they were like, oh my God, what if it's Victoria? Why are they all so stupid? Are they all sharing the same single brain cell? Carlisle's over here like, yeah, I'm doing chromosomal studies. (laughs) (laughs) I've got 25 pairs of chromosomes. Newman's got 23. I didn't even know we could crossbreed. (laughs) You werewolves, you guys got 24. I stole your genetic material while I was fixing you up. Super glue stash man. Stop fucking looking at the chromosomes and just doctor for two minutes. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, it obviously makes a lot of sense that Bella should try to drink blood to feed her vampire baby. Like, obviously. The fact that it's... Uh, it, this is just... Because it's like everybody in this book handles every piece of information... The way that Stephanie Meyer handles reveals in her books. Where it's like everybody like dances around what is super obvious in front of them because they're all like, well, could it be that she's, I don't know, we can't, we can't do anything. That's it. That's the whole solution. But you didn't try the one thing that makes sense. This is just like Bella trying to figure out whether or not Jacob is a, a werewolf in New Moon. Bella doesn't know, or Bella, Smyre doesn't know how mystery works. She really doesn't. It's super bad. It's bad to the point that, like, I can barely verbalize my feelings on it. It's all so stupid. And she, okay. Going, moving past why the fuck they didn't realize this to begin with, um, to the actual logistics of it, where they're, where, where it's going to become a problem, uh, you're gonna have a dying woman literally drink blood. She's terrified of blood, (laughs) first of all. Second of all, if that's what the baby wants, which we can all assume that is definitely what the baby wants... Uh, how is Bella going to safely get the blood down? Because she's probably just going to immediately and violently vomit up blood if she attempts to drink it. And how is that going to go for a woman on the verge of death? (laughs) It's really dumb, but that's just the logic that we're living in. This is the same world where people apparently can't smell blood. Also, where it's completely normal to stare at the cafeteria walls. (laughs) Where you can listen to Have You Ever Seen the Rain on repeat 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the town of Forks, Washington. Every day! Every day I see the rain! Uh. We're we're just going to put the 
blood in a styrofoam cup and have Bella slurp it through a straw. I was like, bro, just fucking inject it into her veins. There's a- <laughs> Give her a blood transfusion, motherfuckers. There's a part in this that I remember very distinctly where she gets really disgusted because she smells the blood and they're like, oh, Bella, I'm so sorry. You must not like the smell because they know she doesn't like the smell. And she's like, no, it smells good. Because because the baby is making her crave blood. I know, but like, blood doesn't have a smell. You also cannot ingest blood. No, you can't. As a human being, I and this is coming from someone. You will vomit it up. Who has ingested a healthy amount of my own blood in my lifetime? Because I violently chew my fingernails to the point that they bleed. Do not ingest blood. You will vomit. Or it will, you won't be able to digest it and you will be shitting blood. And then you'll be like, why am I shitting blood? Am I sick? No, because you ingested it and you can't, you can't digest it. fucking idiot. Please do not drink blood. I know it seems really cool and funny. Don't drink it. Just drink like, I don't know, cranberry juice (laughs) or tomato juice or water with red food coloring in it. Except Emmy, don't drink water because you don't like water. Shut the fuck up. I tweeted about that earlier. I was like, tell me how I've been friends with this girl for 12 fucking years and I only just found out that she doesn't like water? I can drink it. I just don't like it. It's so weird. It's weird. I'm not, and this is not me, like, I'm not trying to give you shit about it because obviously you can't control the fact that you don't like it. It's just odd. Please sound off in the comments if you agree that it is just odd that Emmy just doesn't like water. <laughs> Listen, you you have strong feelings about my water tastes. I have strong feelings about Leah in this book. Okay, yes, and... please. I saw that note and I, I want you to talk about it, please. Okay, I feel, I have just felt bad. Leah this entire time Mm -hmm. because she was completely fucked over by Sam which rightfully so by the logic of this book series Mm -hmm. um then forced to share a hive mind with him yeah uh and then everybody treated her like shit because guess what? When you're forced to share a hive mind with the man you're in love with, who left you with left you for another woman, uh, it tends to not go well. Yeah, and it's not her fault that she like. It's it's not her fault. She gets treated like shit, and it's no wonder she's shitty with everyone. When once like we really see her get introduced, because everyone treats her like shit. Because they don't want to deal with her. And I'm like, that's not her fault. Oh, she's so bitter. Yeah, I'd be fucking bitter too. Yeah. She's in an awful situation. What the fuck? And then Jake's just like, why are you here? Why are you trying? I don't want a pack. I don't have a pack. Why? It's like, bro, why the fuck? It takes him like six pages to realize that she's getting away from Sam. Yeah. By joining his pack. And it's like, no shit. It's literally the first thing I thought when she showed up. Actually, before she even showed up, I was like, I bet Leah's going to leave because then she won't have to deal with Sam anymore. Yeah, but there's also the fact that her little brother, he's like 15. He is like 15 years old. And she's like 20. And so she's having to look out for her little brother who has now run away from home. It literally shouldn't even 
be a conversation. It was less of an argument for Jacob to have the 15-year-old hanging around her, hanging around him, than it was for the, the older sister. And it's like, I get it, Jake. I get it. You hate women. Like, I understand that you really do not like women. Um based on every interaction you've ever had with a woman who isn't Bella. And your interactions with Bella. <laughs> and your interactions with Bella most of the time. But like, I, and like, uh, it's very, very typical of a man or a misogynistic woman to look at a woman scorned and see her anger and her bitterness as weakness because he's literally over here. Everybody in the pack is over here like, he's moved on. Get over it. Well, Sam had the luxury of immediately falling magically in love with a woman and dumping Leah and leaving her. When Leah was in a relationship with Sam for multiple years, was deep with, we can assume, deeply in love with him. And now has to get over the fact that he just fell magically in love with someone else and left her and could never explain why until she also became a werewolf. Like, think about it from her perspective. She is in love with her boyfriend. Her cousin shows up from out of town and all of a sudden he literally, it's like he never loved her at all. Like, can you imagine? That would be fucked up. And, she, like, and they're all like, well, he was a teenager. He was young. So was she. Oh my God, I'm so- So she still is. <laughs> yeah, like why? I It's like, and, and I've noticed this a lot lately because one of, someone I know, and this is the second time that this has happened to me where a, a person comes to me and they're talking about their shitty ass, stupid ass boyfriend. And they'll I'll be like, why are you with them? Why, are, why does this happen? They're like, oh, we've been through so much. We've been together for so long. Yeah, he cheated on me multiple times, but we were in high school. It was different then. Hey, bitch, just because he's a teenager doesn't mean that he's allowed to do whatever he wants. You are also a teenager and you are holding yourself to a much higher standard than you are holding him to. And that is not fair for you or him because you are put, setting him up for failure should he enter into a different relationship where the standards are not the same. He is never going to grow and actually become a better person if you're just like, oh, it's fine because he was young. No, if he grows and changes and matures to the point where you're sure that that kind of shit is not gonna happen again, that is one thing. But if you're sitting over here like, oh, it was high school, he was a teenager, it's fine. No, bad. Boys will not be boys. Stan, Leah, Clearwater, and fuck everybody else, honestly. Feel so bad for her. We stan Rosalie, Emmett, and Leah Clearwater. And Esme is cool too. Esme hasn't done anything. Esme hasn't done anything except for be a mom. Be a good and loving mom. She's like the least present character in this she series. She is a very non-present character in the series. But, she just gets mentioned sometimes, and I'm like, oh yeah, Esme. Yeah. <laughs> she was, she's been more present in the movies. Yeah. Which I, I feel, I, was just like, I don't know, it was, the filmmakers they were like, were like it's uncomfortable not to include I know, her. they're like, why are, 
why does everybody else have, like, cool shit that they're doing? And it's just like, oh, Esme killed herself. And, like, her whole presence in this entire series has been, like, she was comforting in Eclipse a couple times. And then she, like, told Bella her sad backstory really casually in Twilight. And then she... Yeah, I tried to kill myself when I lost my baby. Yeah. <laughs> and then other than that, she's just been, like, a, a non-presence. Weird. But anyway, we stand Rosalie and Emmett and Leah and Esme can stay. <laughs> Esme is not ejected. Yes. Carlisle is fine Carlisle's too. Cool. He's he's just stupid <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> God damn you super glue stash man. But that is the end of that section of Breaking Dawn. Um in the next part, Bella's gonna give birth, and then birth. and then Jacob's gonna imprint, and then we gonna watch a movie. It feels weird. It feels like we got here really fast. But the second the second half, quote unquote half of the book is it's like be a lot longer, way longer, because there are well actually it's really not even that much longer because the first part is eighteen chapters and the second part is. 21 chapters. Just, just don't think about it too hard. It's three extra chapters, but it feels like there's a lot. I don't remember. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> don't think about it. Anything else you want to say before we sign off? Uh, um, if anybody wants COVID... Hit me up. Yeah, apparently you have a fucking lifetime supply of COVID. <laughs> I, have, I, I bought a lifetime subscription. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I bought $13,000 worth of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, follow us on Twitter at 2020 Twilight Pod. M is at M of many names, and I am at Sarah S. Wilton. Shoot us a coffee over at ko-fi.com slash 2020 Twilight Pod. Um, if you have any suggestions, questions, feedback that you want to give to us, seriously hit us up on Twitter. We are always on Twitter. Just hoping that someone will tweet at us. And if you tweet at us, we will tweet back at you. It, like, absolutely, definitely, 100% we will. Because we have nothing else to do. So, you know. Hashtag fuck bitches get money. Hashtag fuck bitches get money. That's it. That's that's the episode. Should we say goodbye? Peace. Farewell. <laughs>